With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Uh, so, Jairus, I'm, it's going to take me a second to look this up, but I want to begin this week uh, by reading – here we go. I found it. Uh, no, I didn't. Yes, I did. Uh, I've been reading a short poem uh, to you that I thought you would particularly appreciate, uh, oh. as was written on Twitter. I'm calling it a poem. It wasn't necessarily a poem, but it was as was written on Twitter by Cat Cool, one of our favorite people, uh, which reads, uh, Inside of you there are two wolves. One is a boy. One is a girl. You have a complicated relationship with gender. Fuck, a third wolf has appeared. Shit, now all the wolves are gone? This is a mess. Oh my god. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I said before, I'll say it again. She's a genius. I don't yep. know what to tell you. Yep, she is. <laughs> I need to catch up on her new actual play podcast, which is actually like probably three years old at this point. And I'm just calling I, it new. It actually stopped a little bit, um, kind of early on. But okay. unless I simply lost the RSS feed, that could also be true. My technical stuff, not good. I kept not, not technical, no. No, I'm not technical. Um, but um, it stopped uploading to my podcatcher, like uh, maybe um, 30 episodes in. And they're very enjoyable. Yeah. They're the fantastic. ones that I i listened to were very enjoyable i uh, really relate to that poem um i don't know that it would be wolves <laughs> definitely a golem is among the things within. maybe a rat oh, as well. you have I'm to watch sure. the unsleeping city i was oh just god. reminded of how much oh you would gosh. love show. uh for those of you who, in the, who don't know i think we talked about this previously on the podcast in uh quote unquote season two uh but um the uh, Unsleeping City is a season of the TV show Dimension 20, uh, which mm -hmm. is a fabulous, fabulous TV show, um, actual D&D &D show put on with people at College Humor. Uh, and Unsleeping City is the uh, show that takes place during um, in the modern world in New York City uh, using some of the uh, modern D&D &D class concepts like the city cleric that were created in, uh, in Unearthed Arcana and unfortunately never made into a, a full book uh, but it's uh, it's so good it's just it's just one of the best stories that I've ever seen or heard or read yeah and it's actually in my podcatcher right now. Sorry, Maylene, go ahead. Nice. Um, it's uh, really, really fun because the what they do is they collect all sorts of like friends along the way. Um, and in season one, Stephen Sondheim plays a big role in what they do because one of the characters is a Broadway actress. And um, Santa Claus, you know, comes in and like Ooh. this season they're 
kind of dealing with the fact that like Amazon's taking over the world. Um, but it's not called Amazon. It's not Amazon. It, it's Gladiator. It's Gladiator, but it's Amazon, and um, like it's really, really interesting how they're doing it, and it's just it's a really, really great show. Honestly, that and Game Changer are like worth the subscription to Dropout yeah. in of itself. And Dropout's like the best. This is going to sound like an ad, and please Dropout sponsor us. Uh, but Dropout's like the best streaming service you can give a tiny bit of money to if only because it's supporting a bunch of independent creators like yes <laughs> like again i'm in the last few weeks of doing the capstone project for my psychology degree which for some reason they decided to put in the middle of my curriculum so like that's wow. been that's been my life especially this week as we cram towards the last little bit of it uh and as such i have a psychology rant um psychology rant away please oh okay uh i i need i need permission and assent from all of you oh, no we definitely i certainly give it but right before yeah. you're ready let me give you a lead-in cool okay this is a psychology rant psychology rant starring roar hey so what's the deal with like brains and stuff <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What is I love it. what is consciousness even? Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't get no respect from my conscious. Every time I try and do something, it's like this little guy on my shoulder saying, Psh, don't do it. <laughs> like, what was that? It's like you could have done better though. And like, <laughs> and like, I don't know, probably. Whoa. I'm cogenating over here. <laughs> okay so anyway my rant um uh this this is mostly inspired by things that i learned in lifespan development and my interactions with um making music recently and having people be like you're you're really talented wow um and you being I, like stop looking at me well i mean Yes and no, because it's not just stop looking at me because I am definitely also a shy person who is bad at taking praise. But uh, it has to do with my with the other issue that I have with uh, ascribing talented to people who uh, make good work. Uh, basically, the issue is this. Uh, when people are kids and they don't really know how to do things and they're still learning and growing, they start out with a growth mindset. I wasn't good at doing things before, but now I can do things. There was a time in my life when I couldn't stand up and I'm doing that and I'm running around now. I didn't used to be able to talk or whistle or snap my fingers, but I can do those things now. This is proof that I am my learning. in the potty for the first time tonight. Sorry, it just seemed relevant and I wanted yeah, to celebrate it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing, I am not limited by uh expectation ex expectation or how the traits that i have had previously don't define the ones that i'll have going forward as we get older though and especially as we interact with educational systems and the way that they expect us to act and behave and we start comparing ourselves with other kids we start developing more of a fixed mindset we start going oh i've been praised 
for my work because I was I was so smart for figuring that thing out. It's not that I worked hard and tried lots of things. It's that I was smart. There was something inherent to me that allowed me to be good at it. And not everyone has that. Over time, those two mindsets result, result in very different strategies for interacting with the world. Uh, people with growth who are able to keep their growth mindsets develop uh, mastery goals. They want to get better and better at doing things because they believe that it's possible that, you know, they can go from a state of, I can't do this at all. I don't even know where to start and get to the point where they're really good at it. But if you start from a fixed mindset, those people develop, what was it? It was, what was the term? Thankfully, I have the book open right here. Mastery goals. People with fixed mindsets develop performance goals. They want to prove that they have valuable traits inherent to them. As such, people with performance goals with fixed mindsets tend not to try and do things that they don't expect to be good at. They, yeah. they don't seek out challenge. They don't seek to grow. Huh. They try and make sure that their talents... there was a word for me. <laughs> well, it, it has been me for most of my life, too. Like, you, yeah. you get into the groove where you say, there, there are things that I am good at, and I need to try and only ever do those things. Because if I do anything that I'm bad at, I will be wasting my time because I will never be good at it because uh, I had to be good at it initially. I had to be born with that. And I wasn't. Well, that's the big conversation that we have in pedagogy circles. You know, it's like, how do we foster learning in our students and lay down expectations and assessments? without forcing them into performance goals you know where it's like oh an a is as good as it's gonna get you know you mean like standardized testing yes you know like um that was one of the things that really pissed me off is that like standardized testing in the way that we do education especially here in america plays directly into the development of that fixed mindset Absolutely, like absolutely. You are reading the rant I had in my mind two hours ago while cycling. <laughs> this is <Yeah>. bizarre. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm I'm helping a student right now who she is a very driven student. She is applying all of this pressure on her own, but she is not an ace math student. Okay, like mm-hmm. math is not hard for her, but it's not as easy coming to her as someone who's doing calculus as a nine-year-old, you know? Mm-hmm. And the sure. thing is, she's comparing herself to these people being like, why am I not like that? And I'm like, because that's not that's not you, you know? And like, A, that's not you. B, you had parents who loved you enough not to force you to do math (laughs) constantly in order to be able to do calculus at nine years old. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and like like an awfully personal complaint. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and I mean, I do, I do see it, especially amongst um, certain 
certain people uh Mm -hmm. my family included like not my my family but like with my cousins you know, there was like, you will be a virtuoso piano player by the time you're 12. Yeah. Um, performance pressure also results exactly. in people taking on performance-oriented exactly. goals. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, um, I'm so pleased that you, as a psychology major, is starting to um, look at that education stuff and to see that some of this education research that has been done in the 70s is starting to come up now as like huh maybe this is best practice um so and like that's what's so frustrating about education just in general is Mm -hmm. that all this really really good research and really really amazing ideas are happening and it takes 25 freaking years to even start implementing it because we there's, are so stuck in our ways. Anyway, sorry. There's a no, no. You, there's a weird thing in our culture. I, I totally agree on that. There's a weird thing in our culture that's like I I notice it in myself with our daughter. Like when she's uh, struggling with something, my thought is, well, just like force her to do it. Like this is always my first instinct, like force her to do it, and she'll learn through pain, uh, which is a lot of what school I is now. Know. And that's not yeah. how you should handle that situation in any way nor is it the kind of father i want to be yeah so i mean mike here's here's a cool thing again from my lifespan development class um basically there's research that proves that the uh the way that people talk to themselves in later in life is how their parents used to talk to them when they were kids so Ah. if you can if you can bring your big loving dad compassion to helping your daughter work through what she's trying to figure out and develop the methodology to do it, she will be, that will be a useful tool that she will carry with her and will help her for the rest of her life. That's awesome. And also more pressure than I had before. Thanks, but (laughs) Mike, no pressure. Cause all you have to do is be who you are. Oh, thanks buddy. Guys. (laughs) <laughs> True. And I do notice that kind of heterodoxy and everything. People are complaining a lot right now about the state of social science learning in America, which can be frustrating. I certainly don't want to take it personally, but also to an aspect like I totally understand. It's taking 30 or 40 years for things that like college students and college teachers know is now true in history to hit the school books. And so we have people who are arguing from very different ideas of what is real in the past. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, and I think... Well, also- you know, it's historically accurate to not have any uh, people who aren't white in any historical drama ever, right? 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 Look at the, the art! <laughs> look at the art! It's in the art! You can see all the people in the art. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I think history or the social sciences has a much harder time um focusing the lens, you so know, on, and so to, and to make it expansive yet concise enough that we can actually learn from it or study from it, you know, and learn from the mistakes whereas like the math and sciences are pretty pretty straightforward um yeah. but, but when, like... when it comes to things like educational theory 
<laughs> unfortunately, if you like try and get a PhD in the thing, by the time you get out with your PhD, the foundational knowledge yeah. for that degree has changed completely. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're studying so, something so old it never changes. Egyptology <laughs> is literally a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Egyptology has changed a couple of times, hasn't it? No, it definitely has. I just wanted to uh, shoehorn that pyramid scheme. That joke in there? there? Yeah, no, that's I, good. It's a good one. I like Very it. good joke. Good mm -hmm. joke. Good joke. Good joke. Everybody laugh. But I mean, <laughs> also, also, like, just last point and then we can move on to, to no Gigi's no no stuff. this is we don't need to move on this is great um, i i just recently did a video on the atomic model theory and kind of like the evolution through it and like Fuck yeah. so many white men <laughs> so, <laughs> so many, many. White men. um <laughs> but part of it is just because like that was the scientific community back then it was exclusively white mm -hmm men and every now and then you had a woman come in who was your mathematician you know and checking your numbers sort of thing mm -hmm. and Original like definition of computer a person yeah yeah, yeah and compute and like part of part of the 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 chemistry teachers um, excuse for only talking about certain models at certain times is that oh we still use aspects of them right but when you talk about like Rutherford, he basically took all of his ideas from other people. He just published mm -hmm. them better. I, I wish I knew the names of the people because it's one of my favorite uh, school jokes. But the like, what did what did so and so discover? It was their uh, that lady's notes. Um, oh, the name yeah, people. weather. Yeah. Um, does the two that guys who quote unquote discovered DNA. Oh and yeah, then... no, Watson and Crick. Yeah, definitely. It was Rosalind. Uh, oh fuck, what was her name? But yeah, and I'm reading um, Hidden Figures right now, and it is so amazing to think that just seventy years ago we were so segregated, not mm. only by race but by gender, and like what these women accomplished despite every obstacle placed in their way to keep them from being scientists. I'm like, if we just could not do stuff like that, if we don't put obstacles in people's way and allow them to learn, you know, and investigate, like we would accomplish so much as a human race, mm -hmm. so much. So like guys, just, don't be dicks. Don't be dicks. To you. <laughs> like, yeah. like the meme says, Earth now versus Earth if we let everyone take part in science and creative shit. And it's like visions yeah. of the future. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. And until we, unfortunately, like, so this is kind of circling back around via the, uh, via the medium of you talking about how many white dudes were involved in the formation of uh, certain things in science. Um, <clears throat> the whole fixed mindset, I am this way, and that means there are things I should never even bother to try because I won't be good at them. That mindset actually does originate in just general Western like philosophy of characteristics. 
there have been people who have said that basically uh, all of Western philosophy is Aristotle with more and more footnotes. Um, <laughs> that kind of, yeah. Yeah, basically Aristotle was the one who put forward that people have certain intrinsic, certain traits that are intrinsic to them. People are uh, generally more joyful or more angry. Uh, trends of behavior seen as proof that people are a specific way always. Virtue's um, theory. Yeah. Um, which is weird because originally when I was taking philosophy, I interpreted virtue's theory as here is a sliding scale. People do can and do move along this scale. The point is to move in the right direction. Was there, um, is that, is that a theory named after virtue as a concept or was there actually a person named virtue? I'm unaware. It, it, you know, as a concept. concept of virtues. Okay. Yeah. It's a, uh, Oh, virtues, not virtue. Yeah. Virtue. Yeah. It's a magical yeah. theory that people were like, Aristotle fucking said it. I don't know what to tell you. That's how magic works. That was so invasive that it pervades science thinking and scientific bias now. Yeah. Jeez. But the, the idea from Aristotle is, you know, if, if a person is, if you describe a person as being angry, then they've been angry. They probably have been an angry person for a while and it's probably not going to change anytime soon, which plays directly into the fixed mindset of I can't change. Change is impossible. If something's wrong with me, that's my life. Yeah, that is that, that is, is the, the philosophy that led me to not know, knowing I had ADD for 35 years. Yeah. So like I was doing my lifespan development course and I got to the part where I was reading about this stuff and I just had, I just, I just got very mad. Um, <laughs> Cause like it plays into so much of mm -hmm. the limiting and harmful and toxic perspectives and ideas that people have about themselves that prevent them from even trying something that they otherwise would be really excited about, or that they might get a lot of benefit from that prevents people from you know, learning that they, you know, yes. are doing something wrong and should do better because they just say, well, I'll fail and don't yeah. even try. Or yeah. they say, oh, I can't do it because, you know, I've tried this and the techniques that worked for X person don't work for me. So I must be bad and wrong. Not I, you know, just need to learn a different way to approach it. Yeah, because that was the thing. The reason I didn't get diagnosed for so long wasn't because, like, I just assumed that I was bad at things, not that, you know, there was actually something I could get help with. Right. I, I just assumed that I had to, you know, push through this stuff. Right. Uh, That's and a that very common worked. assumption with people with yeah. ADD, ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, dear listeners, if you are interested in learning more about fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Denise Pope is the leading researcher on this in terms of educational views. And she uh, lives here in California and holds talks on it all the time. Um, really? That would so, be yeah. fascinating to go to. Uh, Denise Pope, I'll put links in it into the show notes. Um, but it is a fantastic book about growth mindset and fixed mindset and how you can actively change yourself from a fixed to a growth mindset and like what you need to do for that. And thank you for bringing this up, Rowan, because yeah, seriously, I think this is actually great. 
think this is something that a lot of people like don't realize that they don't have to think like this. Right. Right. And it's pervasive in a lot of abstract ways too. Oh, absolutely. It like gender essentialism is basically a form of this categorization of type. Um, Mm -hmm. as is the idea that goodness resides in a certain kind of people or people from a certain place. Once we kind of relax our idea of these qualities being inherent and being more like tangible in a mental way that we can talk about. It's a lot easier to see um, that, you know, other people are just as infallible humans and cool in their weird way as we are. I think you mean fallible, not infallible, (laughs) but yes. Yes. Well, oh yeah. That's right. Sorry, I did the flammable inflammable thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but flammable inflammable mean the same thing, which is weird. English is a stupid language. <laughs> it's true. It's it's a jury-rigged language the likes of which uh, you could see in many used future spaceships. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it was jersey-rigged for some which, reason. If I, may, if I may artlessly transition... Uh, the fact that English wasn't the dominated dominant language was one of my favorite things about a movie we were planning on talking about this week. Space, Space Sweepers. Sweepers. Space uh, Sweepers. Holy uh, which is a freaking fantastic Korean science fiction movie on Netflix. Um, Mailing it on based yeah. off of so many people's recommendations and it mm-hmm. blew us away. Uh, and then we yeah. recommended that everyone else watch it and Jaris did as well. Um, short summary is a bunch of misfits in the future uh end up through um a wild uh, a it's through a series of events that i won't spoil too much here uh adopting accidentally a young lost girl uh and have to go figure out you know basically go from being uh trash collector misfits in space who are really good but still trash collectors to uh like the heroes of the story it's kind of guardians of the galaxy that way yes uh also very reminiscent as some people said of um firefly and similar shows and yes dysfunctional found family yes very much so yes it's a little bit more mythic style action like you would see in a lot of um eastern uh martial arts movies or action movies however yeah there's there's a really, really tight um, spaceship sequence near the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So one of the things I wanted to say is they use the like Newtonian physics of space to give a very mythic sense to the fights and then make it look in the middle of the movie like this stuff is serious to the point where we shouldn't even be getting away with this. And then they continue to hit that realm so that the final fight has everything to do with the same Newtonian physics that the very first fight was about. Yes, um, they, they keep their universe really well. And to that same point, they... Uh, they um, while the movie definitely has a lot of the tropes from asian cinema and tv that we love uh mm-hmm. you know you know the the gruff uh former yakuza with a heart of gold i don't know what he it's probably not a yakuza in korea i don't know what it's it a, is. he's like a drug yeah runner yeah. or something but like yeah that. like the like characters like that um uh an, an enforcer yeah um it's it they managed to do the thing that 
the best animes or toku or things like that do which is make everything seem real no matter how ridiculous it is and make you really care about the characters it's fabulous Uh, that way Um, i I did not expect to cry as hard as i did at the end of this movie Mm -hmm. both good cry and bad cry like there there was a moment where Mei Ling and i both held each other and cried in relief uh because we thought the movie was gonna go one way and it didn't uh, and it was there were it was a lot really of well twists. Done. Yeah, the twists were yeah. very good. There were multiple times in which I really thought, "Oh, this is a fake out. Oh, this isn't a fake out. Oh, this, oh, this is a fake out." Like, yeah, like yeah. Oh, the the writing was really good. And every moment, I thought to myself, "This dialogue isn't great." They drop a line where I'd like, "Ooh, that's oh, this I dialogue have chills. That's amazing." Yeah. One thing that was fun, I don't know if you watched the subtitled or dubbed version, Jarris. Um, uh, uh, one... Subs. Okay, so we both watched the same version. There was one character who was clearly speaking English, but the English subtitles must have been from the dub because they were different dialogue than what he was saying in English. Yeah. <laughs> that that happened was hilarious. a few times. Uh, some of yeah. the side characters didn't really like weren't as i not quite as fully fleshed out and then the movie gives itself more time for you to care about those characters yep and then they flesh everybody out the i'm sure there's one specific character that you want to talk about jaris and i think it's okay to spoil that character character in particular's arc so if you want to bring that up please feel free (laughs) there is a robot with a self-determined gender um whose gender is the very much the way they talk about this character uses a lot of uh, trans language, especially in seeing a feeling scene um, and the sort of makeup uh, rituals that uh, trans women often use to kind of yeah. Um, Every, everybody upon seeing this character, this robot character, uh, pretty much throughout the whole movie, is referring to a male person male mm-hmm. pronouns um and uh at one point the uh the little girl calls her lady and like the robot like blushes and gets really excited and suddenly i was like oh, oh we're doing that oh that's amazing it was perfect because at that moment the movie is allowing you to believe that little girl is also a robot and so this could have like some robot to robot stuff but that's not what the little girl is what the little girl is is more amazing and more human than that yeah i just want to say it's nanites it's nanites 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 (laughs) oh that's right this movie has magic nanites i forgot Uh, and they're literally demonstrated as magic when it yeah. describes what's going on in the subtitles it says mystical nanite music <laughs> like, this is my jam yeah. yeah i totally forgot about that uh it's fabulous it's it's it really is like i the movie got me with like a pixar level cry moment at the end of just like that's mm. beautiful and sad and beautiful um yeah. uh and it, yeah cannot recommend highly enough really really the, worth your time the bad guy too <laughs> one of the, whole, the best tech bros i spent the whole movie seen. going who is that why do i know that but not that face it's because it's thor and oak shield <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god okay yeah oh. well and like it's movies like Space Sweepers and Elysium that make me so angry on a visceral scientific <laughs> ethic level. Yeah. 
that but yet at the same time i'm like thank you for making this movie and telling this story about the inequity yeah of mm. of just like the world in general and like one of the main characters in space sweepers he's a former child soldier and mm. he is responsible for killing a mother um and but the child survives and he takes the child to to basically pay amends and he like walks away from killing which should be allotted action it should be like oh my gosh this person is amazing blah 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 instead he loses his citizenship he loses literally everything because he made the decision not to kill ever again yep and he actually ends up losing his child um because where they have to live it's not protected and a space a freak accident of space oh, spoilers debris. for the movie guys i guess oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, no that's the way we but always do his, it's the way we always do i just wanted to point that out yeah yeah it's it's like his whole motivation though is not to like save his daughter but just to collect her body yeah. you know uh, and like put her to rest yeah, yeah. Yeah. They it's, really it's play with what you, the audience, thinks is real about that character and what's actually going on. And the way that they reveal each of the characters' backstories um, through the bad guy, like reviewing their information, was, oh, God. Yeah, it was, it was something that in another story. movie... It was something that in a different movie I would have been super annoyed by because they, instead of doing backstory, they just told us the backstory. Mm-hmm. But, like... For some reason, it really worked for this one. I think because they'd given us enough clues leading up oh, yeah. to it about oh, definitely. what the movies were like, what the characters were like, and yeah. also it was a great demonstration of like in in universe beliefs. They did a really good job of not only designing the ship so that all of the uh, trash collector ship really like breathed with their cultures, and all the corporate ships really showed their culture but also the way that corporate characters would talk and uh, more wealthy characters would discuss things was very different than the sort of conversations. And uh, it reminded me of like colonial vernacular when large amounts of people move um, and new like sub languages are created. The movie was very good. Yeah. Demonstrating that in the inequity too. Well, and again, like we already said this, I loved that there was no one universal language. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody just spoke every language. There was but they, like, they never established it. Later. So yeah. like, in the opening scene, there's people speaking uh, Korean, English, Spanish, French, Russian, Arabic, uh, Arabic yep, and you know. uh, and the, everybody else just understands each other, and they all just talk. It's, yeah. it's, really, it's beautiful. That was, that was the truth. That was the thing I appreciate, but I appreciated about Altered Carbon in terms of the world building was just mm. that people people speak whatever language whenever, and people don't have trouble understanding each other. Either meaning that people have gone to the trouble of actually learning each other's languages, or they have some kind of translator so that people can just speak in whatever way is most natural to them and still be understood. How was so? Okay, I actually this is a change of subject, but um, Space Sweepers is very good, and you should go watch it. Although uh, its name, the movie's name in Korean Korea is Starship Victory, which is a much better name than Space Sweepers. I gotta say, yes, yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, uh, 
how was altered carbon for you i watched a couple episodes and really liked it and then i noticed the theme of like every episode involves extreme violence happening to a female character at some point uh and got kind of turned off to it okay that way it was very accurate to the book sorry rowan (laughs) please continue no problem i guess i'll have to circle back to this meme that i wanted to read that was relevant when we were talking about how many twists and turns there are in this korean movie but no 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 um, you should read the meme read the meme Oh, read the meme? Okay. Then talk about Altered Comment, but read the meme. Okay, so like, you know how, you know, the the usual plot flow of like an American romance thing is introduction of beautiful yet unpopular poor protagonist. Beautiful protagonist is bullied for not being popular despite beauty. Meets soulmate, finds out soulmate is a vampire. Gets saved (laughs) by vampire soulmate (laughs) while being bullied. Vampire holds back urges couple opens croissant shop. (laughs) <laughs> wait 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 <laughs> i think we missed a step <laughs> that would be the american movie in an let's say you're doing shonen anime introduction of likable male protagonist strongest being in the universe shows up protagonist works with friends to topple being strongest being in the universe shows up protagonist <laughs> works with friends to topple being strongest being in the universe shows up protagonist uh... bff killed by thing protagonist unlocks hidden power protagonist works with friends to topple being strongest being in the universe shows up etc wait a second you mean that once upon a time is a shogun anime oh my god once upon a time is a shonen anime yes Oh my oh, god, it so is! It follows the structure. Oh, the references, of course. They just... Once Upon a Time is a shonen anime that ran out of manga after season one. Yes, and they just had, they're trapped Holy in filler fuck. hell forever. Mr. Gold acts oh. literally like an anime villain. Why haven't I seen yes. this before? Why haven't any of us seen this before? This is amazing. Like, literally, you're right, Emma. The, the, uh, the main villain take, makes a face turn and becomes a, a hero, uh, like, becomes a, to helping the hero, but is always getting taken out in time for the hero to come in and save the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a plucky child who is secretly the solution to all the problems. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's a well, show in anime, y'all. Okay, well, I mean, this is sexy, but are highly thematic. Okay, we could we could write a thesis on this. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) the point of setting up those two was to talk about the twists in Korean drama. Uh, So obviously the American movie one in terms of like uh, the rising and falling action, it's mediocre. It falls a little. It rises gradually, and then it comes back down. With anime, it's just stair steps going up forever. With Korean drama, it looks like somebody's rapid heartbeat. Introduction of poor female protagonist. Dad is run over by young CEO of tech conglomerate. <laughs> protagonist swears revenge, pretends to accidentally bump into CEO, but accidentally falls in love with CEO, goes on duck boat date at Han River. CEO ex-girlfriend comes back from study abroad in U.S. Oblivious protagonist and CEO go on lovey-dovey date at Lot World. CEO hits head on way home, loses all memory. Ex-girlfriend revealed to be ex-wife goes after CEO's fortune and happens to meet protagonist's younger brother, the musician, to run off to Busan. Protagonist's dad turns out to be multimillionaire, bestows protagonist with untold riches. Car accident number two. (laughs) Injured protagonist and recovered CEO have a piggyback ride date at Seoul Tower. Protagonist has cast removed, discovers terminal cancer while in hospital, dies. (laughs) CEO revealed to be 
CEO revealed to be alien brings protagonist back to life. <laughs> Jang Kyun Suk appears as CEO's younger brother. Ex-wife's mother suddenly introduced. Sinister grin. I use good day plays. End of episode one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny oh, story. God, uh, what did we originally ask, Rowan? Ultra we asked Ultra Cavern. Uh, so, oh, like, so the question is: Is it worth watching, even though it engages in significant ultra violence, and especially towards women? Um, the answer is: uh, okay. I enjoyed it uh, for the most part. You are correct that. Uh, it does have issues with violence against women, at least partially because the source material has issues with violence against women. I haven't read the original books. I've been told that the show is more toned down, if you can believe that. Yeah. Um, it's a very cool world. Uh, the main character, my biggest gripe with him is that the Caucasian bodied version of him cannot pronounce Japanese words. Uh, <laughs> Despite being a Polish Japanese, Japanese man, yes. yeah. <laughs> so my favorite character was the hotel. The hotel, oh, he's is amazing. In all of it. Mm -hmm. I watched. Yeah. Excuse me. As what? Well. So um, the ho oh yes. The, the uh, in the in the universe. Correct me if I get some of this wrong. The um, uh. There's used to be a bunch of AIs that run ran hotels, but things went pretty pretty sideways for them. Sort of some sort of technical issue or something like that, and so people mostly don't do that anymore. Uh, but the protagonist checks into a hotel, the AI hotel that's still around because it's cheap, and the AI that runs the hotel is this eccentric, weird, roguish. AI that somehow I think because the protagonist is a paying customer mostly uh, just becomes fanatically protective of him uh, and it's it's a great mm -hmm. relationship that was my favorite yeah, part of that show by far adorable themed entirely from Ed, Edgar Allan Poe yes, yes. and um, like the, the fanatical talks like he's in an 1800s novel it's, it's yes. amazing mm -hmm. The fanatical so, it, nature of the attachment is the reason why uh, AI hotels are no longer used by most people. But it is exactly what our protagonist is looking for in a hotel: is a hotel that will fucking kill people to keep him. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they don't get the customers and they need it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have seen both seasons, and I wouldn't change a word of anything that Rowan said. It's very mm, your mileage will vary. It's a pretty good. A revolutionary cyberpunk story, but it has a lot of weak points in some of the writing, especially yeah. in the way it tries to set up the mystery in the first one and the politics in the second one, often yeah. just grossing you out or shocking you instead of doing something intelligent. Um, yeah. It gets a lot better when Anthony Mackie becomes the main character. I was going to say, two. yeah. A lot better. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, pretty good. I kind of, I kind of wish, uh, Star Wars had, um, uh, replaceable, you know, skin suits so we could just recast Cara Dune that easily. Right. <laughs> yeah. But we shouldn't react. All things are possible through the but force. we shouldn't recast her. We should just get a new, better <laughs> character. Yeah. Have yeah. we not, we have not recorded since that happened, have we? That have we not? 
Oh, okay. Well, let's just was we, that only we wanna, a week ago? Do yeah, we this we, year, this fucking yeah. year. Do we want to bring to break out into a full verse of Ding Dong the Witch is Dead? Or... No, <laughs> to be no, perfectly I... honest, I, I'm. I, it actually all makes me a little. Uh, as many people know, um, I, I'm sure I talked about it. In ten years we've been doing this podcast. I used to have a huge crush on Gina Carano. Who I did it from American awesome. Gladiators. Right, Who I did? thought she was awesome, and it turns out she's a crazy person uh, who believes all sorts of really deeply racist and conservative things to the point where once she finally crossed the line with tweeting one too many really truly terrible things, Disney finally fired her ass. Or actually, well, the best the way they did it was really interesting. Because, um, they uh, the statement wasn't firing her the statement was we have no intention of working with her again which is a cleaner way of saying and a easier corporate way of saying we're not bringing her back um yeah. and because of the nature of the way tv contracts work you can do that yeah um it's also yeah. interesting i read a report today that said that she actually was set to be the lead in the rangers tv show uh and that they were going to announce that at the big disney investor day before they um uh they before they got the uh uh, that she started tweeting stuff, and at the last second they right. were like, "We'll announce the show, but we won't announce her. See if see if she cleans up her act." And when she didn't, now they have to come up with a new new lead for that show. Yeah, that, that is that is Disney, though. Yeah, being oh, yeah. a racist must feel like the most intoxicating drug to turn down Disney money, right? Or she must have just thought she was. A, I don't know. Oh yeah, she definitely thought she was uh, untouchable. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or I got this new that, show. I'm gonna be the lead in. I yeah, I, I think it just kind of goes working to with, show. You that go just kind of goes to show like how stupid or how entitled those people think they are. Yeah. Well, and there you were know? all those stories at the beginning of uh, the Mandalorian about how like she had thought her acting career was over. Most of the stuff she was in before that was terrible. She um, sucked in those other movies. I'm sorry. She did. She does have a natural charisma, and it came out more in The Mandalorian than it did in anything else since American Gladiators. But, like, True. Um, but yeah. Uh, and so, like, you know, The Mandalorian saved her career. John Favreau casting her saved her career. And then she flushed it down the damn toilet by being I mean, a racist. I mean, there's opportunities, there's second chances, and then there's accepting what happens as a result of your own damn choices. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you could only uh, compare being criticized to the Holocaust so much before people will not put up with your bullshit. It turns mm -hmm. out exactly once. Exactly once is the number of times you can do that before Disney will not put up your with your bullshit. Well, Which I mean, is a great limit to have. It should be zero times that anyone does that. But if someone does it once, no one should put up with their well, bullshit. Especially considering that Disney has such like stringent things on like their theme park workers and like just generic company policies yeah disney um, viciously that... and litigiously defends their brand image yeah so. yeah mm -hmm. exactly you're gonna, if you're gonna mess with it goodbye but don't worry guys she's making an independent movie with ben shapiro i'm sure she'll be fine yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be like 
Sorry. It's going to be like God's Not Dead or Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. It's where, you know, all of those people will think they've made the greatest movie ever mm-hmm. and no one, in fact, will care. A young <laughs> woman moves to the city from a small country, a small country town, um, and learns to love the true meaning of capitalism when she meets the CEO who is dashing and also unwilling to let any government or union define him. Together, they fight crime, question mark. <laughs> question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Only yeah. intercity crime. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh, Jairus, that's really good. And also, I hate it. <laughs> Canceled. That is the full definition of thanks. I hate it. I mean, I said this on Twitter. They are 100% someone is going to make a Kevin Sorbo, Gina Carano romantic comedy, and it's going to be the worst thing. Ew. So cringy. I only the only reason I hope that happens is because I hope Gina Carano releases not Gina Carano. I hope Lucy Lawless releases the uh uh, uh riff tracks for it. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I would her love whole, to see her whole her. identity is burning Kevin Sorbo right now, and she's so good <laughs> at it. <laughs> she is very good at it. I would like to see her uh, come back as a oh uh, Cara Dune as you always were. You know, or something. I think I think there's people are right though that you can like Kara as much as I actually do like that character. She's not that deep or that irreplaceable. You can oh. just say that character, you know, continues to be a sheriff on that n- nice little back world for the rest of her life, and that's fine. Yeah, uh, if they ever go back there, she's well, off somewhere else taking care yeah. of something. Well, and if yeah. they want, if they want someone to for people to play the Alderaan card on or like, you know, you've lost your entire planet. Like we know from a lot of the books that have currently come out, there are survivors of Alderaan, like not yeah, of the yeah. planet blowing up, but they like, were not <laughs> the planet, you know, so there are other Alderanians yeah. out there. Like yeah. we can do that. And also like, I mean, they weren't, they weren't really using that for anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they so had just barely revealed that she was from there. Well, they yeah. revealed that in the first season, I think, but they only, they milked it for that one scene uh, with the, the guy from Kim, Kim's Convenience delivering what was the most unintentionally hilarious line of all time of, oh, you're from Alderaan? Did you lose anyone? Uh, the whole planet exploded, buddy. See, okay, that's that's just someone who doesn't know how to people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's Fine, just I, like, totally I also do not know how to people. Yeah, good. yeah. But it was kind of like a. Are you fucking you know, kidding me right now? Walk all the way back to the X wing, thinking, "God damn it! Why did there was I my say one that? shot and I blew it?" I know. I could have impressed her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. So I mean, man, I wish there was a Death Star trench I could fly into right now. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> if only there was another Sarlacc pit I could throw myself into. And Boba just pops up and says, "Doesn't work. Tried it." <laughs> I was so I was so embarrassed I got taken out by my own jetpack that I hid for like thirty years. You know, fans would not let me die. Um, <laughs> before we go, uh, can I visit on something I just uh, finished recently? Or sure. Yeah the first part of so you may remember back in college um i may have showed you yes i remember two years ago 
uh, I may have showed you folks <laughs> an anime called Fruits Basket. You have never yeah. shown it to me, but I've heard great things over the years. Okay. I, I wasn't quite sure how that went down and who got to see it. Um, they ended up not getting any more funding to continue making it at the very end of the first season. So they wrapped some uh, stuff yeah. up at the end, and it was just very off-putting. And very recently, Funimation paid to have as many of the original voice actors come back, a new uh, company to uh, make a cell shade, more not cell shade, but more up-to-date sort of visual version and did it shot for shot again and completed the season and now there's a second season oh that's awesome nice. it's been you know, so good you know what they need to do that with the devil is a part-timer yes Ooh. yes Ooh. give us more devil is a part-timer please. that anime was so amazing and i needed more of it in my life there's so a lot much... more of the manga, so yeah. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay, then what the fuck? Because, yeah. like, it was freaking amazing. And, like, legit, Mike and I went up to the Funimation booth one, like, uh, Cherry Blossom Festival, and we were like, hey, so, like, um, we got to the mid-season finale of Devil's a Part-Timer, and, like, that was, like, two months ago so is there gonna be when, when does the second season come out and the what's, guy was, what's uh, happening? We, don't really, we don't really know we were like you don't really know what yeah and then what the and then we, out, we were we like no yeah but um yeah i'm very excited for you jaris that that there's more fruits basket it's lovely. It's also like a real time capsule. I can see why I was drawn to it. It was also like something I got really into a year before I realized I was intersex. And so there are a lot of unconscious things that attracted me to the show. So as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, oh, no wonder. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> sure. If you're going to beat me over the head with this theme, God damn it. No wonder. I mean, I, here's, uh, so the question, is the point of identification the I can't receive affection from anyone or else they'll realize that I'm not like them? Is that? No, there are a few different ones. Um, okay. One of the themes has to do with not knowing your own worth because you think your worth comes from taking care of other people. On oh, writer. yeah, I can see why you were drawn to that. Yeah, that's Toru's yeah. whole arc. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's also multiple of the somas who uh, transform into animals have um, our parents rejected us literally after we were born and we have a hard time needing to connect to people because we don't get this or that connection from our parents is very right. interesting. Um, that's a uh, um I didn't realize I thought this was just a slice of life romantic show. I didn't realize there were people who had superpowers in it. Oh, yeah. So um, it's a very, um, it's very romantic about traditional Japanese ideas of the aristocracy. Um, there is okay. this aristocratic family called the Somas who are insular and have their own compound where the most important members of the family live. Uh, that turns out to be a um, necessary thing because they are cursed that every generation 12 of the somas 13 actually 
are inhabited by the spirits of the zodiac um um, the Chinese zodiac. Oh, okay. The Chinese zodiac, and essentially become Hengeo Kai when stressed out or hugging someone of the opposite sex, um, because it is a one okay. of the anime stories written for girls in middle school, um, and yeah. a major part of the theme is letting other people get close to you. Um, so this, but if you do, you'll turn into a cock, right? And you get these people <laughs> who are very like embarrassed of this animal that they are and can't tell that from the main character's perspective, who's a mundane woman who has the biggest compassionate heart in the world that mm -hmm. makes them amazing. And in the end, the entire family just starts coming to her with their problems to the point where she becomes this rock of love around other people changing their life. Like she is a planetary body and they're just slingshotting around her it is kind of cute yeah and even so she still doesn't necessarily recognize that she has value that extends beyond what she does for other people and all of these people who are changed by her love and her compassion for them are like no no if you're not going to love yourself then we're going to love you and take care of you because god dang it you deserve it that's <laughs> awesome real power of friendship not heavy on the romance there's a lot of unhealthy romantic archetypes going on but none of they're very very i would say never sexual it's a pretty yeah. chase show on the other hand there one of the characters has a gay older brother um and the show does present his gayness as every other character thinking of him as kind of slutty and kinky and embarrassing which is mm. unfortunate but the show does not operate as if that makes him bad he is just used to demonstrate the other characters attitudes okay um, yeah I he think... also ended up becoming a small inspiration to my sense of style he walked on and i'm like what okay so that's where i why i get all these robe-like clothing things that make me oh i thought like you were talking sorcerer. about your your Forty-year-old art history teacher. Uh, uh, no, no, uh, no, that's aesthetic. what I wear because I want to be a, you know, teaching stuff. Talking about when I'm like more gender balance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ayame, like Ayame is great. Ayame is the gay older brother. Um, he the most conceited person in the world. <laughs> he has an enormous sense of style and presence and opinion of himself. Uh, <laughs> Basically, he talks down to everybody. Even when he's being conciliatory, he talks down to people. His um, most um, like compassionate expression is one of gregariousness. <laughs> okay. Nice. Cool. Um, as Jarris mentioned, we are close to the hour mark. So we should start doing our uh, one thing each of the week. Um, as always, uh, I will tell you about the game that I played while we we're this podcast. Uh, to the surprise of especially not my wife, uh, it is Marvel's Avengers, the uh, uh, game that came out earlier last uh, early last year, I think. Um, that is a four-player co-op beat 'em up uh, Destiny style uh, loot game, uh, starring the Avengers, um, and mostly starring Kamala Khan. Last time I talked about the, uh, last time we talked about this, I talked about the campaign and how great it is and how wonderful the character 
is uh now i'd like to talk about the fact that i just unlocked black widow and playing black widow in this game is like the action game dream that i didn't know i had until i'm suddenly doing it Uh, every character in this game plays distinctly uh but black widow feels like how black widow should feel i am kicking people and then back flipping away from them and putting their filling their face with bullets and then zipping back over to them with a grapple hook and punching them some more in the face before i shoot them with an electric widow's bite and knock them out and then turn invisible and go shoot five more people it's it's it feels so good everyone else in this game feels amazing but black widow is on like a whole other level i think she might be my main character for the rest of this game uh, I've also now tried Iron Man, uh, who is fun because you get to choose what weapon you're shooting with. So he has repulsors, lasers, and rockets, uh, and you can pick from them on the fly, which is great. Uh, and they just announced today that um, their next update, uh, they, they had one previous update that introduced um, uh, Kate, I forgot her last name. Kate Bishop. Uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Uh, then their next upcoming update will in- introduce Clint Barton Hawkeye, as well as taking the game to the uh, alternate future from the 1990s Hulk series, Future Imperfect, where the Hulk was a future, uh, future, future dictator of the world called the Maestro. Uh, and I'm very excited because I love that storyline. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, um, it's great. The, the, and the story is still really, really they're, they're leaning hard into that thing that did a lot of decade of, you know, we can't use mutants, so Inhumans are the mutants now. Uh, but they're mm-hmm. it's doing a really great job with it. Um, I will say my favorite, my two favorite things uh, from tonight that I've seen while I'm just playing through these like training modes um, because I can't play through the actual story role podcast. That would be nuts. Uh, is um, uh, both involve the Hulk. Uh, the first one was I used Black Widow's stealth grenade and realized that I'd accidentally created an invisible Hulk next to me who was rampaging around, smashing things, and none of the enemies could see him, and it was the most wonderful and terrifying thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds <Yeah>. glorious. <laughs> and the other That's was just... A game with interaction ability. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing was... Uh, I think this actually happened last week when I was playing, but I was playing as Kamala in one of the story missions. And uh, as I was uh, running through a level, I suddenly like the camera positioned itself perfectly so that as I was about to punch a guy, the Hulk charged from right to left across my screen and just murdered him, just flattened him into dust and then kept going on to fight something else while I continued fighting the other guys in the room. (laughs) It was it was glorious. Uh, So, yeah, um, it's a great game. Uh, Again, the end game thing may not be everyone's cup of tea, uh, but this you should play it anyway for the story and for the combat they did a really great job of making it an interesting and balanced uh experience who wants to go next um, cool i'll go or no you no you no you no you no you no you okay so um, i'll go sorry <laughs> <laughs> go for it um, I just picked up a new novel called Time and Again, which I hear a lot of good things about. I am reading that. Um, What's it about? Time travel. Um, this guy I'm shocked to hear this. The 1800s. Um, and uh, honestly, it, the, it's one of those, it's a, a literary book, so it's not well described on the back. Um, it was recommended to me by a friend. 
Um, and I think beyond like watching Arm in San Diego and similar, that's <laughs> mostly what I'm doing. Yeah. How, is the cartoon still good? I have we only watched the first cartoon season. Cartoon is still great. It is it's freaking it is stellar always... and it has concluded its storyline. Oh no. Well, I guess we'll have to I'm catch up. Done. Yeah. I guess I still have a few more episodes to go. It just seems to be ratcheting up. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was aiming at a guy to zip towards him with my grapple and then Hulk threw a boulder at him and he disappeared. Please continue. <laughs> That'll happen. Um I think I am done i feel oh yes john oliver came back and it's yes. glorious very happy about that <laughs> now i am done yeah it's gonna be great to have uh our comedic uh news hosts in an era that you know isn't everything is on fire and terrible all the time yeah i hope i mean global i mean it still is obviously is. yeah uh, obviously I, the world isn't fixed I would love for there to be a whole episode to go by and there's no reason to talk about the last president. Right. Yeah. True. Things uh, to aspire to. Wants to go next. Um, I will. So at the time that this podcast airs, hopefully, fingers crossed, we have a new little Mars rover landed on yeah. the the United Arab Emirates has already landed theirs, as has China. So um, they are all doing very separate missions in different areas, but they've been highly successful in landing theirs. So everything is looking pretty stellar for perseverance and ingenuity. Um, the little helicopter drone friend that it has. So, yeah. Um, it's pretty exciting what they're doing with Perseverance. Uh, Perseverance actually is going to be coring out rocks and collecting samples that then a future mission using the technology of the rockets that can land and then take back off is mm -hmm. hoping to go collect said samples and return them to Earth um, where we can study Martian samples for the very so, first time. For the very first time, which is incredible. Super cool. Can get to work. Um, because there's only so much we can do with just digital data. You kind of you kind of need to get your hands dirty if you're searching for life. And yeah. so, um, but you know, still keep very sanitized so we don't cross-contaminate the samples um but <laughs> I, i'm very excited so it should Sample be really really cool very first time yeah and one of the really cool things on this rover is they actually have a microphone installed for the very first time on a rover because the martian atmosphere is thinner than our atmosphere and sound propagates through um air particles yeah. and mm -hmm. so it's going to be interesting to see how sound is different on the martian planet than mm -hmm. it is here on earth and so um that's also just like really cool on like a basic science level mm -hmm. um so yeah hopefully Hopefully everything's going good. And also that last episode of WandaVision. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I, somebody posted a meme. Well, 
yeah, someone posted a meme that I then copied and posted in our that was hilarious. So it was a picture of Wanda and it said Wanda, a picture of Vision and it said Vision, and then a picture of every other character with just Mephisto, 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 Mephisto. <laughs> this is also Mephisto. This is Mephisto. Yeah, You're all Mephisto. You, the viewer, are Mephisto, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it is starting to lean a little bit more towards like there's some something either feeding off Wanda or like powering her up. And I know that like Mephisto is is magic, but I think it's going to be a really easy tie-in to the MCU to just be like, well, he's an alien that <laughs> uses powers, you know, so... Um, or you we'll could go the other direction and be like, he's some friggin' kind of sorcerer. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I am quite yes. anticipating it. Actually, that would be really good that he's one of the sorcerers who, like, went off the rails. Because, like, it, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, Jairus. In Doctor Strange, there's, like, a society and there's, like, rules and shit, right? Yes. Um, there, in the movie, there is a ongoing um, tradition of the sorcerers of Earth working together to protect our dimension. I think that would be really that would be an interesting thing of that it's like a Kylo Ren-esque sorcerer. You know, actually they've already established Dormammu. This could be Dormammu maybe. Well, I mean, oh, that would be cool. What But Dormammu has been removed, but there's still the green sorcerer who is collecting up magic from the people who only used it to fix themselves. Yeah, um was that Baron Baron Mordo, Mordo was doing that? Yeah, yeah. Mordo was doing that. Yeah, so yeah. Mordo so, is also a possibility. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. There's there's lots of exciting things coming down the line there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, no, I I adored their Halloween costumes. Me too. Yeah. Especially for so the kids. Like mm-hmm. that it was so kind good. of like a, a deep cut or like, you know, it was fan service. Like that entire episode the costumes were fan service but it was such a good way to do it mm-hmm. i it just really appreciated my, that my favorite part of the whole episode though was when potential spoilers they, potential spoilers <laughs> this isn't that big of a spoiler uh when uh they made a big deal of of the words kick ass because both people who played kick quicksilver were the two male leads in the movie kick ass that's awesome. Yeah, it was silly, but wonderful. <laughs> uh, another really cool thing going on with the show right now um, is the way that Rowan predicted something that came true. Yeah, so uh, back in episode four, when they were finally letting us in on what even is going on right now, uh, and this is spoilers, so uh, maybe skip ahead a bit. Um I predicted that, you know, if Sword was going to be antagonizing Wanda, they were going to need to watch out for the probability that she could just expand the hex and pull all of them in. Oops. Yep. <laughs> she done did it. She done yeah. did it. But I think it, it came at a good time, though, mm-hmm. because, like, the fourth wall had been broken down. So now it's time for everyone to be part of WandaVision, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And 
basically she's like, look, I can't control you guys on the outside, so I'm going to bring you in. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm over this shit. Like, yeah. you don't you don't hurt my family, even though she realize, she doesn't realize that she's the one who's pushing Vision to do what he's doing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so it's really good. It's a total mind F, and I love it. Yes. Yeah. Um, my my next prediction is that the kids will push her to try and expand the hex to encompass the entire world because probably if vision cannot live outside of the hex neither can her kids. Yeah. Which is very interesting uh because yeah. We don't we all yeah. I'm so curious to see what's going on with the kids because they don't seem to be under her control, which means she might not have made them, which means so many questions. Yes, yes. A lot of things are uh, percolating. Yes. Yes. So my thing that I'm excited for... <laughs> um, again, by the time this episode comes out, uh, another very cool thing will come out, and this is in terms of video games, and I'm excited for it because I've been playing... Lots and lots of different games that are ultimately pretty grindy and getting kind of bored of them. I've been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena. I started Oh, we playing... should play against each other. I'm I'm enjoying it right now, too. We should, because I have a lot of very stupid decks. Um, oh, okay. Well, then you'll beat me a lot, because I don't have any decks that I've built right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, I've been playing that. I've been playing a little bit of uh, Destiny 2, the new season that's been going. Unfortunately, I paid $15 for the season pass only to immediately get bored of it and not want to play anymore. Oh. Yeah, so that was disappointing. What I am looking forward to coming out on the 20th, which is uh, this Saturday, is Persona 5 Strikers, which is what <laughs> happens when Atlas decides to license their brand to the people who make dynasty warriors games uh basically persona persona 5 yeah. but so it's, dynasty it's, warriors. it's hyrule it's hyrule warriors but persona. Yeah, no, I, yes yeah oh my god that's yeah. gonna be insane yeah so that's for switch and ps4 so i'm really looking forward to playing it on my big screen and being like You'll never see it coming. As I as I destroy hordes of shadows. Yeah. Honestly, How did the, no one see this coming. Yeah, no, like the Dynasty Warriors, um, Hyrule Warriors is so freaking satisfying. Mm -hmm. Because like, so <laughs> Link has this move where if you start running really fast, you can throw your shield on the ground and like surf. Mm -hmm. Right, but you can surf through entire crowds of villains. Oh, nice! So basically, you're like bowling for moblins, and it's <laughs> the best. It's it's super fun. Um, once I figured out like what the hell my controls were, but mm -hmm. the best part about it is, even if you don't know what you're doing, you're still killing a lot of dudes at once. Yeah, right. Like. It, it, it's, a very, it's a very perfect button mashy game that way. Yes, it's fantastic. And like, yes, you could apply strategy to it and like actually, you know, try and optimize your strategy. Or you yeah, can just you could like, like you can turn up the difficulty and struggle, or you could just play the game in a way that's fun. Yeah, it, it's kind of like how, um, babe, do you remember that game Godfather? Uh, that you used to yeah, play yeah, yeah. The Wii? 
yeah, it it kind of feels like one of those games where if you're having like a hard time and you just want to like beat up a lot of things, mm-hmm. you just like plug it in and it's great. So, so that Persona Five Destiny's Warrior should be a lot of fun because what's good about it is like if you love the world, it's just going to be a super fun beat yeah. 'em up. I need to finish Persona Five. How? Where are you in it? Uh, I got to the bank heist. Um, cool. And so uh, at that point, I way through. Really? This is a 100-hour game, my dude. But this is like the third or fourth, to, like cal- path, palace. So let's see. Uh, there's the Castle Kamoshida. There's the art museum. Mm-hmm. There's the bank heist. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, you've got a uh, pyramid. You've got... I thought you did the pyramid. Did I did the pyramid. You're right. I might be in the pyramid. No, I finished the pyramid. Because the okay. pyramid, you fight the spaceship on the top of the pyramid, right? Uh, you don't fight the spaceship. The spaceship joins you. Right, yes. Yes. Uh Okay, after that is a factory slash spaceship thing. You know what? I, I think I'm in the factory slash spaceship thing. Cool. Okay, so you're definitely more than a third of the way through. You might be closer to half. Okay. Like, I could give you a more accurate, like, guesstimate if I had your number of hours, but you're probably about halfway through the game. I, I stopped playing it so I could play Ghost of Tsushima, and then I stopped playing Ghost of Tsushima so I could play whatever I played before. Before Hades. I Avengers. Hades, that's right. And then I I beat Hades as much as I'm going to beat Hades, except for when I pick it up to play during you know meetings and stuff, uh, right. and then started playing Avengers. So uh, with a side dip into a couple of games that I didn't end up enjoying. <laughs> right. So when when you have an opportunity, go ahead and get back to playing Persona when you have time to sink into a very story heavy game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the thing with my with my my particular brand of ADHD, I, stuff that is repetitive ends up being uh, a problem for me eventually, even if the story is really good. Like, I can't even replay Final Fantasy VI, and that's my favorite video game of all time, because there's just too much of the same kind of combat over and over. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Did anybody not go? No, guess Everybody so. went. Everybody went. Okay. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Ace of Geeks podcast. Uh, you can find us at at Ace of Geeks on Twitter or the Ace of Geeks on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on TalkShoe if you're doing that right now. It seems like that's where most of our downloads come from. So thank you for that. But you can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, any of the podcast apps you use should be able to pick us up. So you don't need to go to a website and download us if that's what you're doing. You can listen to us on a in the convenience of one of your favorite podcast apps um you you can my name is mike fadum uh you can find me on twitter at vengeance god remember there's an a in vengeance uh and who wants to introduce themselves next i'm mailing fadum uh you can find me on facebook at office hours with ml and um i do a Twitch stream where I answer your math and science questions. So if you have one, drop me a message on Facebook or um, check out my YouTube channel. I'm so close to getting a custom URL. Please subscribe. Um, and 
Uh, yeah, I dropped a video on the evolution of the atomic model. So it's pretty dope. And yeah, that's me. I am Jerris. I am not uh, public online, but if we are. Friends, I just, for some reason, I expected you to say I'm not a cat. <laughs> uh, oh, I was thinking earlier today that we should all have an animal that we pretend we're showing up on in this call. That would have um, been hilarious. I let's see. I am a little rat. Um, Rowan, you're going next. Don't forget to say what kind of animal you are. Okay. We'll swing back around. Okay. Cool. I'm a motherfucking dragon. <laughs> wow. Why would you do that on camera? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am Rowan. I am a ninja. You cannot find me on the social medias. Uh, however, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, there is a link for a Google Drive that has some music that I've made. Uh, I am not just, a professional. Like, make a website to put your music up that we can link to all the time. I was yeah. also thinking we should just put like a different Rowan song at the end of the episode every week. I'd have to produce them faster then. <laughs> well, you've got like a couple of weeks to get through it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, I have some some stuff that I've made that's in a Google Drive file linked in our second, I second or third episode of this new season of the Ace of Geeks. Uh, and also, please do send us emails if you want to challenge me to try and make a, a certain kind of music or with a certain feel i have a lot of instruments uh a lot of virtual instruments that i haven't tried out yet i can't guarantee that what i make will be good what i can guarantee is that i'll make something and you'll get to listen to it uh on that note of people sending stuff into our email uh colin c shout out thank you for letting us know that you were listening almost a month ago. Sorry. It took us so long. <laughs> we appreciate you. Cool. Uh, Mailing, what animal did you show up as on this uh, fake um, video call? I think I showed up as a red panda. Awesome. If you want to email us, you can email us at a-C-E-O-F-G-E-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com. Thank you all so much. Uh, good, good, good. Thank you all so much. We'll have to just uh, speed up everything you did in the episode then. So you're So if folks, uh, thank you so much for listening. Enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll see you next week. <gasps> Did we do it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a podcast. That was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello, Hello and welcome. welcome. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.